Welcome to Make It Count, Living a Legacy Life, where we invest in what matters, God and people. I'm Sue Donaldson, speaker, author, and creator of WelcomeHeart.com, where you can learn to know and show the heart of God. And that's what counts. Thank you for joining me. Good morning. Today we're talking about one of my favorite topics, growing something besides old. I love this topic of growing up, except when I feel like acting immature. Another word for old is overripe, not exactly a euphemism. No one likes an overripe peach. It is peach season here on the Central Coast. It's not appealing. It's rotten. It smells bad and it attracts flies. We do not want to grow old like an overripe peach. One thing we know, ladies and gentlemen, if you are out there listening, is that we will all grow old unless we die first. Betty Davis said, old age is not for sissies. My mom used to say, there's nothing fun about growing old. She was mourning the loss of her independence due to macular degeneration. Her eyesight was fading. One thing is true, we will all grow old, but we may not all grow up. A while back, a girlfriend wrote me a note about her firstborn getting married. She said, Sue, we are getting old. No, I wasn't so sure. After all, she was a whole year older than I was. Is, she was my older friend, quote unquote, and I'd always looked up to her. Besides, I still remembered her holding hands with David Halgrimson in the second row in the junior high youth group. Here she was grouping me with her in her age category. She was uh, anticipating a wedding and becoming a mother-in-law, and at that time I was dealing with potty training accidents and sibling rivalry. I was a little resistant to her statement, true as it was. She was right, of course. In spite of our different circumstances, we were getting older, or at least older. I began at that point saying out loud, I'm almost 50, you know. Actually, I was 47 at the time. Somehow it helped getting used to the idea. I'd say, I'm almost 50, it's time to grow up. God, in his wisdom, made us all start as babies. But we didn't stop there, did we? I wonder why he didn't just have all people begin as adults, other than it being hard on the labor process. We aren't supposed to remain babies. Babies are only cute when they are just that, babies. My older daughter's Uh, can constantly complain that the younger sister is acting like a baby. It's annoying to them. They have no patience with her. Now, since I endured their babiness and continue to observe uh, every once in a while a bout of immaturity, I'm a little more tolerant of any bouts of babiness. In fact, they would show more maturity by displaying more tolerance. Me too. Thankfully, my Heavenly Father is also far more long-suffering than I deserve when I show signs of, quote, not acting my age. He loves me and he loves you, whatever stage of growth we're in. The bottom line is that he loves us, but it doesn't mean he doesn't want us to grow up. Ephesians 4.14 in the message reads this way, No prolonged infancies among us, please. We'll not tolerate babes in the woods, small children who are an easy mark for imposters. God wants us to grow up, to know the whole truth, and tell it in love, like Christ, 
in everything. So really his, his uh, motivation for us to grow up is so that we'll not be an easy mark for imposters. It's for our good that we grow up and it's for his glory that we continue to become like Christ in everything. That's our definition. God wants us to grow up like Christ in everything. There are certain advantages to being young. One of the best being is that one expects you to make mistakes, to not know everything, to act like a baby, to be immature, silly, impulsive, to blow it every once in a while. It's okay. It's excusable. You say, hey, I'm young. I didn't know any better. Sorry about that. I'll try harder next time. You look at your young child, perhaps a seven-year-old, and you say, well, she's little. She'll grow out of it. You observe your teenager and you say, I remember being that insecure. It's a phase. She'll come through it. But you grow up. You get married, perhaps. You get a job. You pay bills. You go through labor more than once, with or without an epidural. You pay taxes. You buy a house fix the plumbing, plant a garden, join the PTA, go to college graduations, hold a grandbaby, and all of a sudden it seems you are supposed to be grown up. What happened? After all, all the circumstances might indicate that you are or that you should be anyway. How did that happen so fast? The older we get, the faster it goes, right? Where did the time go, people say. Some of you here uh, listening are very young and you might be thinking, what in the world is she talking about? I am young. Others of you may be in the middle of some thought adjustment. I know my age is 44, and I guess that's getting old, but I'm still 25 in my brain. Believe me, I know how you feel. The question we might ask ourselves at any age is, through all those events that we've gone through, things forced on us or things that we went after, either way, have we grown up? I have a girlfriend who is married to a child He's probably older than she is. He's definitely taller, but their electricity is always going out because the bills aren't paid. He makes a good living, but he gambles it all away two hours south of us at the casino. He is old enough in years, but not in the ways that would be most helpful to his wife and sons. It's a tragedy. She has to cling to God every day for strength. It's not the way God made us to be, old in years, yet a baby in actions. It's easy for us to judge another like that until God uh, shows us our own immature actions. We all begin our lives in Christ as babies, no matter how old we begin. I had a friend named Helen Schonborn. She used to love to tell me her testimony. I met her when she was in her 80s. She said, Sue, I met the Lord at 36. And whenever she would tell me that story, she always expressed her frustration with herself that she didn't know God at an earlier age. It kind of makes me cry. She went to Brown University. She had spode dishes. I loved her spode dishes. But nothing mattered to her before the time she met Christ. Now she's in glory, making up for lost time. We start as babies at salvation, but we're not to remain babies, are we? It's tragic when we do. 
And I say when because we all struggle with growing up, believe me. I knew this was going to be a tough summer because I was studying being mature in Christ. I failed miserably on many occasions, daily, if that's any comfort to you. And every time I'd say to myself, well, that wasn't very mature, Sue. When are you going to grow up? I have this mug that says, never again. It's supposed to remind me to never again sin with my tongue. It doesn't always work. The trouble is I'm never holding that mug when I'm about to sin with my tongue. I would need to hang it around my neck. It might work if I knocked myself in the head with it on occasion. I'm in process just like you. I told a friend I needed more than Velcro on my lips. I needed them to be sewn shut. She suggested duct tape. Thank you, Teresa. Today we'll look at some of what a mature believer, actually the next few weeks, of what a mature believer looks like. I don't want us to compare ourselves with one another. We can always look better or worse than someone. Whether we're, we're going to compare ourselves to Jesus. And when we do compare ourselves to Christ, we'll always come up short. I hope that's a comfort. It's a comfort because we'll all be going in the same direction. And we'll spend some time in learning how to grow something besides old. I came across a great book title. I'm into reading book titles. I find I can finish them. It's called Growing Something Besides Old. I think it's a gardening book. I'm 68 now, so I'm in the habit of saying, I'm almost 70. Isn't it time to retire? And God says, retire from what, Sue? Retire from loving me and serving me? Retire from loving others and serving others? I don't think so. I'm almost 70. It's time to grow up. What exactly does that mean to you? Say your own age. I'm almost, and give it a couple more years. <laughs> what does a mature person look like? And what gives us the ability to grow up? Do we really want to grow up? Peter Pan didn't, and he sure had a lot of fun. The older and wiser woman knows that growing is rarely easy and often painful or at least uncomfortable momentarily. Once when our middle child, Bethany, was very excited about a new achievement, she exclaimed very enthusiastically, Mom, look what I did. I'm groaning. That's right, Bethany, you are groaning. And growing can be a groaning experience. Next time you feel like groaning, you might check to see if you're growing. You might as well not waste it. Pain brings growth if we spend more time looking at Jesus than at the circumstances that's causing us to groan. Three words beginning with the letter P, pain, could have been one of them, but we'll leave that one for now. The one we'll talk about today is that growing is a process. Each has its own set of challenges and comforts. Growing is a process. As many of you know, for the past 13 years or so, we've been remodeling. We've, we're still married, so that's the good news. It's a bigger than average remodeling project, a project that my husband is doing himself. And no, he's not a contractor by trade. And yes, he has a full-time job. All I wanted was a bigger kitchen. We finally have that kitchen, sort of. When I mention the backsplash, Mark says, it's functional. When I mention the upstairs carpet, he says, in time. When I look at the mess and how long it's taking, 
it's very helpful to realize that we are in process, that the mess we've been in is not the end result, and that the end result is going to be worth it. It's a process. My husband's very interested in the process. He wants it to be quality work. He wants to save money. He's from Iowa. He likes doing it himself. He enjoys it because it's not his normal vocation. It's a break from medicine and he enjoys the problem-solving aspect. Someone asked me once if I thought Mark was going through a midlife crisis <laughs> because of all the building mess around me. And I said, well, it doesn't really matter if he is because at least he's always home and I'm going to get a bigger kitchen eventually. Now I'm more into the end result and that's what keeps me going. And since Mark is so enjoying the process, I keep going up speaking at women's retreats. I so appreciate when people ask me. I might just stay longer the next time you ask me. So Mark and I together have both of what God is interested in. Mark, uh, God is in, as interested in the process of growth as he is in the end result. God loves both. He wants us like his son and he loves us all along the way. Such a blessing, such a mercy, such a grace. He doesn't waste any of the process. He's so expedient. I just finished the book Traveling Mercies by Anne Lamott. God is giving us mercy every day as we travel, but we need to be in the process. Hebrews 12 verses 1 and 2 mentions both the process and the end result. Let me read it for you. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. If you're looking for a theme verse for 2021, which is coming up, this would be a good one. Cynthia Heald spoke to our ladies a while back, and she told us that she asked God for a theme verse for the year every January. It's only September. We can still get in a good theme verse for the year if you want to make it for this year. We need it this year. Hebrews 12, um, 1 and 2 is a good one. Growing is a process, and it takes perseverance to stay in that process. Let us run with perseverance. Perseverance means we are to hang in there. Some of you may be feeling like you're just hanging on by a thread. My brother told me once, as it says in the King James Version, hangeth thou in there, Sue. He wrote that to me when I was in the middle of a breakdown in my race. I was racing, but I had slowed to a stop. Perseverance is what I needed. But I didn't really want to hear that from my brother. But he was right. God says we need to keep going no matter where we are in the process. The fact that you are keeping on is evidence that you are growing something besides old. Be encouraged. You are growing into the likeness of Christ, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. We just have to endure 2020 and the elections and a pandemic. But he endured the cross. Growing up means not giving up. The fact that you show up to the race proves that you have not given up. Be encouraged. While speaking with a friend, Lauren Sparks, for my podcast, she said these wise words, There is a slow molding of me, making me like Jesus, that God is still doing. I love that. First, that she recognized that God is at work in her life and character. Secondly, that she realized that he hadn't given up on her, so she should keep going. 
hang in there, so to speak, like Hyatt said. And third, that God is as interested in the process as she is. It's an ongoing process. Years ago, I stupidly signed up for a team and training half marathon. I did it because my daughter asked me to. You know what you do when your daughters ask you to do something. I never did train with her. She ran it every time. I think she, ran, she trained two days. I faithfully went to every single training they offer. I knew I needed it, and I walked the whole way. But I made some good friends along the way, slow walkers like me. One morning during training, our marathon coach was talking to a bunch of middle-aged ladies, of which I was one, and she said, Ladies, none of us are looking at finishing this race at the top time. I hate to burst your bubble, but none of us are actually going to win this race. We were cracking up. We were laughing hysterically. Of course we weren't going to win. We were just happy to get out of bed early on a Saturday morning to walk alongside complete strangers and try not to pull a hamstring. There were 14,000 runners participating, and some were actual racers. Instead, she told us that morning, our goal is not to win but to finish. I agreed with that wholeheartedly. Our lives on earth are compared to a race. It's not the final time that God cares about. It's not how fast you are running today. He just wants us to finish. And that takes perseverance. And we can only persevere when we fix our eyes on Christ. True Christianity is lived out in the valleys more than in the mountaintops. We enjoy mountaintop experiences. They give us a jump start. They inspire us. But real life is in the dailies. Charles Swindoll said, The trouble with life is that it is so daily. One step in front of the other, more laundry, more meal planning, new challenges at each age of our children and our parents, our careers. Are we growing something besides old as we face these dailies of life? This same passage tells us how to do just that. We are to fix our eyes on Christ. And when we do that, we'll be able to keep putting one foot in front of the other until the race is completing. The keeping on aspect is a sign of maturity. A mature believer stays in the race. Giving up is for babies. Don't give up. You can say it any way you like. We are not to stop along the way. We are not to dawdle. A mature person doesn't get distracted from the goal. I remember when I could no longer take exercise walks with my firstborn. Bonnie Sue had begun to walk, and she didn't really walk. She meandered. She dawdled. She held up any pretense of getting exercise. She looked at rocks and bugs and cracks in the sidewalk. She was a baby, and she got distracted. A mature person doesn't get distracted from the goal. She keeps going. She keeps her head up with her eyes on the goal. And our goal is to be like Christ in everything. As Ephesians 4 puts it, God wants us to grow up like Christ in everything. The key to growth is fixing our eyes on Jesus. Let's pray this prayer together right now. Lord Jesus, help me keep my eyes on you. Give me the strength to stay in the process of becoming more like you. Thank you and amen. Let me ask you today, what is most challenging to you in keeping a healthy prayer life? Is it easy as breathing or more sporadic? Do you have more faith now than, say, five years ago? 
If more, how much does prayer have to do with it? For me, it has everything to do with keeping my eyes on the goal and hanging in there with joy and perseverance. We can have no better goal than to fill our sights and minds and hearts on Jesus more and more each day. My prayer is that I will. And when I do, I stay in the race. I persevere. I keep growing up. And you will too. Until next time, think about your legacy, the one God has called you to live, all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.